Greetings, flesh creatures. It is I, Megatron. On behalf of TFYLP, I want to congratulate you for listening to the most refined collective podcast on this miserable little planet Earth. Yes. Here you'll find knowledgeable fans discussing every aspect of Transformers and beyond. Now, enjoy the show while I continue my path to complete conquest of all of you miserable biological entities. Predacons, terrorize! Hello, welcome to TFYLP. We are live tonight. Um, what are we? March 29th, um, episode 424. I'm Lucas, and I am joined tonight by Jim. Hello. Robert. Howdy. And Rick. Can you guys see me? Can you guys? Uh, is this okay? What, what, can you guys see me all right? Thanks, You're make Rick. Motion sick. I appreciate it. We we've been uh, we were a little late because we we're trying to figure out Rick's setup here. Um, somehow the the headphones were not working well, so he decided to just use his phone again. So we'll we'll see if this will work out. Hopefully. Yeah. The the strange error code kept coming up. Uh, ID dot ten T. We're still trying to figure out what that's about. <laughs> says says I have user connectivity issues. You think that's why I'm getting sick all the time? Probably. Uh, is what, what is sick. that there, Rick? Oh, this is the star screen that uh, um, Paul doesn't have. <laughs> that's, really, that's what it is. Oh hey. wow! That's the only reason you keep it's it. It's just a star screen that Paul doesn't have. That's all. Shot, it is. Shots fired right there. Nobody considers your things like that valid because it's all dirty pool. Oh, under the belt. Come on, a lot of the stuff I've gotten through other things means. No, but you're you're the guy that worked at Hasbro once. It's it gives you connections you that aren't fair. Hey man. Uh, then you guys. I mean, you do you. Go for it. Oh, I don't want to work there. <laughs> Nobody wants to work there. I don't want to work there ever again. <laughs> Trust me, you don't want to work there. So, so yeah, tonight's topic is uh, we're talking about uh, transformers that we never thought we would own. Um, so there, there's a lot with that. Um, but you know, I, I think in my mind, it was really an excuse for Rick to show stuff off, uh, really, because he's Jones in that we haven't had an oof my wallet. Although he, uh, he, he didn't join us on our, on our Unicron reveal because have you gotten yours yet, Rick? Uh, I get mine on Wednesday. Okay. I mean, to be fair, like only two people on the cast have gotten theirs yet when y'all had that show. And yeah, Phil, that, but Phil didn't even open his, so he couldn't talk about it. Right. <laughs> I so think that, that was a bad show. And I you mean, to, feel bad. To to be <laughs> fair, like I you know, I wanted to postpone the show. It was it was all Paul. It wasn't me at all, I swear. Uh, no, nah, timing worked out for Paul, I understand. But you I know, it doesn't mean we might not here. 
Who's the boss? You or Paul? Uh, whoever <laughs> runs the show. The whoever's hosting the show runs that show. That's the. Yeah. It, it worked. The timing worked out for both of us. So I, I apologize, yeah. Rick. So, uh, but uh, hopefully we can see your Unicron on an episode of Cut the Tape. We're we're gonna see Unicron this uh, Friday on Friday or Saturday on Cut the Tape. I, I plan on opening it the day it comes and filming it. Now, are you going to do a full transformation? Like, can we, like, have you, like, you know, swearing be a and, two and hour video. as you're trying to... No, I not only want to do the full transformation, I've been reading up on how to disassemble it so you can have it in robot and planet mode. But you won't have the wings in planet mode, or in one of the modes. So you got you to make that choice. Which one gets it? You give one one wing and the other half a ring, and that's what yeah. you do. That's yeah, yeah. Rings. that might work. <laughs> it it won't work at all. <laughs> yeah, I can see it now in my mind's eye. So when Rick posed this topic, um, like you know, obviously there's the one like kind of you know half bragging rights, although it doesn't even have to be anything you know necessarily pricey that you just never thought you would get and you ended up with. Yeah, but also. To me, there's another part of it that's interesting as well, and I'm sure we'll kind of talk about examples of both, is stuff I never thought I'd own because I didn't think they'd ever make it. You know, so there's some stuff that we've gotten through the years. It's just like, I didn't think we'd get a figure of this, and here I am with this figure. That is super cool. You know, I'm but just... I, and sometimes there's... a both. whole other show, though. Eh. I mean, oh, I I'm think the Unicron qualifies for that, right? I it mean... absolutely does, in my opinion. I did not. I got mine in Sunday. Um, I did not think I'd ever have a Unicron, you know, bigger than a baby. <laughs> you know, that would exist. Now, and now you have a toddler. And now I have a toddler. Yeah. Does he qualify you uh, for the carpool lane? <laughs> That's the question. I've seen people do that before. That they took some. Big figure, put it in robot mode, and they strapped it in just because it looks kind of cute sitting there with a seatbelt. Right, exactly. So, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but, uh, you know, when I was first starting off collecting Transformers, I never would have thought I would have gotten to this point. And I don't necessarily right. consider myself at the point that other people are at, um, you know, that are, are on the podcast or just other people in the community and all that, but... I would have not thought that, you know, that, that my collecting would be, you know, where, where it's at. So I don't know about you guys. Like, are you guys kind of similar or did you always, were you always like Peter where you're like day one, I'm going to, I'm going to own it all from like the age of four. You're like, I have this collecting goal. I'll go last. Right. I'll, I'll go second. Then I, I was definitely like you, Lucas. Um, it was into college for me, so like 2004, when I started, you know, I mean, I had a job making like 12 bucks an hour, but, you know, I was single and out of college, and the cost of living here is low. I was rich, and uh, I was like, I got into Ninja Turtles first. Um, you know, that nostalgia started kicking me, and Ninja Turtles are a lot cheaper to collect if you happen to collect them um, than Transformers. They're just infinitely cheaper at any decade. They're infinitely cheaper. Um, and I was like, oh, man, Transformers are cool. I was like, but, man, those are expensive. I'm never going to get into that. I can't do it. And then uh, the TFC book reissues 
remember those are Transformers. They were called the TFC Transformers Club, but it wasn't like it wasn't no relation to the club here in the states. So don't. There wasn't a club even. That's just what they were named. Um, like the Megatron reissue came out, and I was just like, oh, I got to get, I got to check that out. And so I did, and it's just been downhill since. So you know, I never thought I'd have. You know, all of this, and at this point, hell, I've. I've probably sold half of what I've owned at this point, you, you know, as stuff comes and goes. And as I've just refocused over, you know, and I enjoy stuff and I get rid of it. And we talked a lot about that before. Um, right. Yeah. If you said, oh, one day you're going to have a basement and you're going to have it lined with billies with toys all over it. Most of it transformers, you know, 90 percent of it. I would have been like, you're an idiot. I'm not that dumb. I'm not going to do that. You're stupid. Go away. Here I am. So jokes on me. Jim. Yes. Well, um, I mean, like, like, like you, I, uh, I, I mainly started out of high school. Um, you know, when I first started working almost a quarter century ago. Um, I was making like five fifteen an hour back then. So I didn't have quite that same budget that you did. Robert. Um, but, uh, my, my first one was, uh, Transmetals Optimus Minor. Uh, oh. And then here comes uh, Beast Machines and Rid. How did you stay collecting when that's your first figure and that's the line that was out at the time? It's like the worst well, stuff. Again, uh, I, 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 was a, I wasn't necessarily from the richest family and a lot of what I had uh, at, at that time was what I had got as, as a kid. From you know, birthdays, Christmases, and this and that, you know, top spin here, uh, bone crusher there, whatever. Uh, of course, busted, worn, missing parts, loose, rusted, whatever. Uh, and you know, that's about the time where you know I, I first first discovered like you know, eBay, and like, hey, these things are worth money. So you know, I started going down that rabbit hole, and I'm like, well, the one at the store doesn't look too bad. So I, I grabbed one, checked it out, and it ended up being the Optimus Miner. Uh, then I then I saw these uh, machines start trickling out. Uh, saw the Viacon drones, Jetstorm, uh, ones like that. And then here comes R.I.D. Next thing I know, I, I own every figure except for uh, Megatron and Fort Max, which, of course, wasn't reissued in the States. Uh, and then it, it, it just it, it got worse from there. <laughs> uh, I, I eventually I, I got a uh, OTFC membership thing, pre or whatever it's called. The, uh, yeah, pre or the, uh, uh, what's the thing called? The, the package had the had the had the sucker and stuff in it. What, what was that? Was that? I don't remember. Like you know, the, it was the, the Primus package. Prime that people hang on to. It's all weird looking now. But, well, anyway, that, that was my first official fan club-related thing, and then all these years later, here I am. With the to I, I've got Studio Series on the shelf behind me, uh, Q&A issues on the Entertainment Center. Uh, but as far as ones I, I never thought I would get would be some of the ones that I had as a kid, but in pristine condition. Or, or real fire ones I'd, I'd lost. Um, one, one of my greatest examples here 
right there. Not the issue. This is uh, slugfest and overkill. With nice. Eight price tag. Nice. I know. Right? Six ninety nine. <laughs> sure, that's what you paid, right? No. <laughs> uh, factoring and shipping about hundred percent, but it was worth it. The, the car pack is an immaculate. It has one little crease up here. Uh, I mean, I, I, unfortunately, uh, when getting it out of the box, the bubble finished tearing off, so I had to re uh, Overall, not bad. Uh, I've, I've since reacquired like you know, Corey Bull. This is one of them I lost in a house. Oh, was he not broke? Uh, one hinge. The okay. other one is intact, and I figured that's about the best I'm going to be able to get on my budget. I'm fine with that. It's attached. Yep. Uh, I just got the gray rifle uh, about three weeks ago, so it is it is now complete. Uh, Mine is a. Uh... I think mine is broken and it was like jury rigged with some other piece of metal back through it or something <laughs> like that. It's I've had it for so long that I don't remember <laughs> anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's right over there on my shelf. I need to pop it up. And I thought beforehand, I'm like, I'm going to get a nice one that's unbroken. And then I hit eBay and I'm like, nah, I'm not. I'm good. Yeah, it, it, it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> if it wasn't under so much pressure, it would be fine. It's just but a badly the, designed. The way, the yeah. way they did it, it puts too much pressure on the pin. It yep. snaps the plastic. Uh, yeah. but that, that would have been the same house partner that I've lost uh, uh, Squawk Box in as well. Oh, I love those. Those are so dorky, but I, I love them. Oh, no, it's great. <laughs> All right, Rick, so what uh, What about Slide. you? Slide um, so I don't, uh, I don't think I've ever told this story. Um, how, how I got into that bad. Transformers. When I was a kid, I had Transformers. They came out in 84. My first Transformer was Gears. I remember my mom taking me to Kmart. And we bought Gears. I still have them, too. So, my childhood comes and goes. And the year was 1994. Power of the Force had just come out. And I thought, oh, cool, Star Wars is coming out. It had, you know what? It hadn't even come out yet. Like, cool, Star Wars is coming out again. Boy, I really love Star Wars. You know, there was a store that was selling old Star Wars toys. I'm going to go check it out. So I go to the store. I spend like 20 bucks. I get two figures I never had before. I think one of them was, uh, I think it was the Imperial Guard and the uh, Snowtrooper. And I see as I'm leaving, oh, he's got a bunch of Transformers. And I, I see Scourge and Wheeljack. I never had those guys as a kid. And, uh, wow, okay. Like, cool, Transformers. I leave, and the second I leave, it clicks. And I thought about it all week. Man, I never had those Transformers. Man, I really like those Transformers. I really wish I'd always had them. Next weekend, I went back. Bought Wheeljack. Bought Scourge. Next weekend, bought Motormaster. I went back every weekend for a year and spent money at this guy's shop. And two year, another year after that, 
So two years after I started collecting, he gave me a job. So Star Wars is the reason I collect Transformers now. But it started because I wanted, I kept looking at the catalogs at the cross sales when I was a kid going, oh, I wish I had that and wish I had that. And I wish I had that. And I lived in South America, so it wasn't necessarily easy to get Transformers. And I just kept getting this one and this one and this one and that one. And there was one Transformer I always wanted as a kid. One guy I always, always wanted. And I remember I was in the back of my mom's station wagon driving home from my uncle's house. And I looked up and I made a wish on a star. And I wished that I could have Shockwave. And now I have Shockwave. I really thought it was going to be Bullet Bike. You know, <laughs> the best Transformer there is. I already have the best Transformer there is, and his name's Gears. Oh. <laughs> so, so, of course, once you got your Shockwave, you stopped with that, right? Because like, that was like the end You're of your done. collection, like the, hi- the highlight, you know, right? I don't, I don't know what it was. I don't know. I, I can't explain why I kept getting it. And, and Shockwave, I remember getting them fairly early. I don't know why I kept getting them. And then I have no idea what was my first like licensed item that I got. And I have no idea when or where or how much I got it for. But the licensed goods, man... The, the lunch boxes, the masks, the pencil sets. Man, I go deep. I go really deep in that stuff. And I can't remember what what made me get into it. And Did you get a flamethrower? Uh, I don't not yet. <laughs> I mean, was it something yeah. where you're like, oh, the it, it seems like it's really hard to come by like you know, some of that stuff from the eighties, was that kind of like what your thinking was or like, were you just, you know, I think it was a combination of me not having a lot of friends when I was in high school. I I was, I was a loner. I was very shy. I could not talk to girls at all. I was super shy. Uh, I, I didn't have like a best friend I could hang out with either. I had acquaintances I, I was always working. I had my job at the supermarket and I would work every day after school and then I'd work at least one day on the weekends. And I was in high school. I had no bills. So I had disposable income. And it, every paycheck just went towards, oh, I never had that guy. I never had that. Oh, Hot Rod. I never had him. And it kept going until the point where I started working to buy Transformers. So by the time I got out of high school, I was working at the supermarket Monday through Friday. Saturday morning, I would deliver flowers for my girlfriend's mom's flower shop. Saturday at night, I would work at the supermarket. Sunday morning at 5 a.m. to 9 a.m., I would work at the supermarket and then from 10 a.m. to 6, I would work at the toy store. And being at the toy store, any Transformer that came in, automatically I had first dibs on. Did he even pay you a paycheck? (laughs) Usually I ended up owing him money. 
(laughs) (laughs) The guy who runs the store and the stores still exist. It's in a different location, but it still exists, still run by Scott. I I love the man like he's my father. Uh, And I named my defunct uh, Kickstarter Play With This too after his store called Play With This in New Jersey. So if you're ever up that way. And I got to college, same thing. I was working as a security guard in a museum, in an art gallery. I was an art uh, history minor, so I loved art. I was working at the museum so I can be around all the paintings. I was working at the supermarket on the weekend, Friday night. Uh, I would usually work a double on Saturday like four to four or six to six, 5 a.m. at the grocery store. Then I'd work Sunday nights at the toy store till 6 p.m. And then I drove an hour back to college. I had no, no bills other than my books and occasionally eating a fat cat at the grease trucks. So when I was in college, eBay showed up. <laughs> eBay showed up when I was in high school, but it really didn't hit for me until I was in college. And I was thinking, oh my God, what is this toy, Dino King? Someone's got all six of them together and they're asking 400 bucks? Let me put a bid on it. Boom, Dino King, 400 bucks. That was the days of eBay when, like, stuff, you know, Overlord sealed, 300 bucks, done. Those were the days. <laughs> yeah, we were all innocent. We were hey, all. Uh, hey, Rick, this uh, the shop you were talking about is that uh, Merchant Bill? Yeah. Okay. I was I was looking it up. Yeah. Yep. It's an awesome store. He he carries a million different things. The guy is great. His name's Scott. I love him to death. He's like my dad, and. Uh, uh, nothing I wouldn't do for him. And he's the reason why I have all my toys. He's also the reason how I ended up getting into books. Oh. So there was another guy there that was friends with him named John Marshall. And John Marshall was writing a book on 80s toys. And he's like, hey, Rick, I hear you've got a lot of Transformers. Can I borrow them for the book? All right, sure. Here's a bunch. Book came out. Massive failure. But the publisher contacted me saying, Hey, we got a lot of good feedback on the Transformers chapter. Do you want to write a book? Yeah, sure. <laughs> they never once asked me, hey, are you fluent in English? Do you Are you fully capable of doing this? Do you know how to write a book? They should have asked me those questions. They asked, <laughs> can you read and write English good? Uh, and well, meantime, no. Can you read and write English well? <laughs> because uh, me Spanish speak. So... <laughs> Okay. See, yeah, I can write a book for you. That's no problem. <laughs> That's crazy. That's why when I had a chance to redo that book two years ago, I I, I basically did the Snyder cut. <laughs> and you need more slow motion. You need to find a way to make the pages turn in slow motion. Right. There's actually there's actually a black and white version coming out too. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. Now, now, is it 
black and white version of the existing, or is it just nothing but all the black and white chase figures that have been released? <laughs> yeah. It's both. Oh, okay. It's it's all of that. It's all of that. Man, so, I, I'll tell you, I pulled this place up on Google Maps, and this dude's shelves are packed. Yeah. he's He's got... Uh, you know, one day he's going to sell that store, and I want to be you, the guy right? who buys it. Be in good hands. I probably won't sell anything after I buy it. But. <laughs> right. It, it'll, right. Just, it, it'll be uh, assimilated into the collective of the right. basement there. Right. Through osmosis. Yes. yes. Yeah, Rick. The problem I'm with like having the a store. The problem with having a store is, is do you actually have to sell items? Like, it's not just a way to funnel things into your collection. That's what my wife keeps telling me. <laughs> like, Rick, you know, you understand the point of owning a business is not for you to enrich your toy collection. You have to make money. Says who? Right. I mean, as long, as long as the investors are okay with it, right? Not what the internet says. <laughs> So I guess where I went wrong at, at a young age when I was in college, you know, instead of like, you know, throwing money at, you know, like dumb stuff, right? That I should have been collecting toys at that point, right? Obviously. Uh, you know what? There was another factor, too. Now that I think about it. Um, I, I was so shy. I was such a coward in high school. I never smoked pot. I was deathly afraid of it. I never smoked pot, never drank alcohol. Uh, so I had no, like, I wasn't wasting any money on that recreational stuff. You know? I mean, have you, have you seen the document, uh, the documentary Reefer Madness? So it's a good thing you didn't touch the devil's lettuce. It makes you insane. So yeah. 100% yes. insane immediately. Yes, I heard you die from it. You, have you do die. I highly recommend the Rift Tracks version of that. Yeah. <laughs> I had a doctor once tell me, Rick, you know what's wrong with you? You don't smoke enough pot. And then I leaned over and I said, I've never smoked pot. And the doctor says, I can write you a prescription for that. <laughs> I'm going to be 42 in two weeks, and I've still never smoked pot. But I drink plenty of alcohol. You're covered. You're covered. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I got all the alcohol. Yeah. So I, I know for me, um, you know, one of the things like I always, you know, when I got back into collecting. I collected, you know, kind of what was on the shelf, like with retail and all that. As where some of the masterpiece and everything. And I started getting into that and, and third party and everything. But I never really thought I was going to get into vintage items, you know. But um, like one of the reasons I started getting into it was is that there was this. Um, this guy that did an estate sale. So there was a transformers collector who had passed away. And this guy was like helping out with like selling the, the collection. This was like a few years ago. And this guy had like everything, like, I mean, not everything. I'm sure Rick, you know, probably didn't have as much stuff as you did, but he had a lot of stuff. And so it was one of those things where, like when they put the listings up, he did multiple listings of like he did one shot over a weekend with like a bunch of 
uh, listings and then like a week later and a week later and a week later. So it was kind of like, I think it was like four total like auction, you know, it was, it was a bunch of auctions, but four total weekends or something like that. And that's where I ended up getting a lot of my vintage collection was because especially like that first auction, like people weren't really aware of it. And so like stuff was just going ridiculously cheap compared to like what it should on eBay. And so I'm just like sitting there spending like an idiot, you know, sitting there buying <laughs> like, um, you know, like I got a bunch of stuff like a G one Omega. And then I started looking at like some of the G two stuff and, um, and whatnot, some of the European stuff that he had. And that's kind of where I started collecting all in the G2 stuff. I started collecting that stuff just because I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I don't even see some of this stuff on eBay. And so I, I started kind of bidding and collecting that. And then once I started, that's where I, you know, it's, I'm sure you guys are kind of the same way with, with eBay where you start putting alerts up of like, oh, if this, if this comes across eBay or that comes across eBay or whatever, uh, or just wherever, like if you're at a convention or something like that and they have some cool, cool stuff. But I feel like that that's kind of like what got me into the door was that was those auctions and kind of like started my, my vintage collection. And I, I never really thought I was going to get into the outside of like some of the reissues they've done. And so, you know, a few of the ones that I had as a kid, like that I wanted to rebuy, but. I mean, like, if we go back far enough to, you know, stuff as a kid you never thought you'd have, like, a complete Devastator, <laughs> you know, or even just the right. six bots, <laughs> you know, much less complete with all these little gajillion little weapons and stuff. Yeah, you know, like, that, that was... That's, that's funny you should mention that one. Uh, as, as a kid, uh, entering at, entering adolescence, uh, right, right at the height of Generation 2, uh, my brother and I was able to uh, complete a G2 Devastator. Uh, I ended up with the upper half, and he ended up with the lower half. Each, uh, each trip to Kmart, we got one construction on each. Started out with a torso, and rummaging through an old toy box, we discovered, hey, we have a Generation 1 version of this one guy. Turns out it was Bone Crusher. So, starting now, I had two. He only had one. Uh -huh. <laughs> it was fun, though. Yeah. And, like, I don't have a lot of memories as a kid of the brand. I mean, I do have some, you know, and obviously the nostalgia roots were there that got me back into it. And plus I like puzzles and to me, transformers has always been kind of a puzzle play pattern. That's, that's what I like about them in a lot of ways. Um, but I'm sure as a kid, if I had better memory, I could name about a billion things that I never had that I always wanted, <laughs> you know? Um, and now I have them all, which is fun for G one at least. Um, so my, my question is, is that, um, you know, Transformers, they always had the checklist in. Like, a lot of toys did this, yeah. too, right? Toy lines. Like, who was the first genius that came up with that that checklist? Like, do you know, uh, I would say, well, as far as Transformers, I mean, they're borrowing from another from another toy line. Yeah. But I think Star Wars was the first one to put was all the guys' entire line on the back of the package. Like, collect them all. Because that's what I feel like is is that that checking that box like I almost I don't know I feel like 
you know, in your head, you almost think of that. Like when you're getting like a new masterpiece and you're like, all right, I, ch- I checked it off. Like I've got all the season one guys or I have all the, you know, whatever it may be. And, and, or like even the toy catalogs is like the Sears catalog or something like that, where, you know, had all of the figures together and you kind of wanted to collect everyone in that image, uh, that was on the catalog. Um, he's dead to us. If we Let's... lost Lucas, is the podcast even going? Oh, he's what? back now. You froze for a second there. On. We lost. You're, you're back now. Oh, uh, you sound, you sound drunk. Oh, God. <laughs> That's just looked at me stuff. weird. Uh, I uh, don't know. No, you're fine now. Uh, like even, I kind of feel like that's something Japan's had a leg up on, because even if you go back to like some of the earlier, you know, pre-transformer robot lines and stuff, they're numbered. So I don't know if those things had checklists in them, but you know, it's release zero one, zero two, zero three. So even if you didn't have a checklist, you know, there's a number you're missing. You know, and that definitely ticks some of our OCD tendencies that, you know, most of us in this hobby have some degree of that that we control with very success. <laughs> you know, where it's like, oh, it's got a number on it. I got to buy it, you know? Yeah. Or, or if the numbering gets weird. Kind of like what Studio Series is doing with that uh, Bumblebee subline. What are they no, doing? The bet. Oh, sorry. The, be- the Was it Buzzworthy Bumblebee? They've got like four... Deluxes. They got Shatter. They got Camaro B, Seventies B, and whatever the fourth one was. Uh, it's like one comes with Sam, one comes with uh, Charlie. Uh, well, anyway, uh, but it's it's Studio Series, same figure, unaltered, but the box has yellow detail on it, and the number is like uh, instead of forty, it's forty BB. Oh, or or, or sixteen BB. It's kind of like how the yeah. masterpiece line will do the plus mm-hmm. version, or the like with the first round of Seekers. You know, it was like it was the same number, but they put like SW after for Skywarp or right. something like that. Yeah, then it makes it it makes it even weirder. Yeah, when they do that, the the funkiest number system had to be the Thrilling Thirty One, right? What like, were those 30? What? They claimed there were 30, <laughs> but yeah. it was all over the map. During that time. Um, that was the time of what I call the great shift. Where some marketing people had... Every two years, uh, Hasbro shifts. So you spent the last two years working on this brand? No, 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 no. Now you work... You work on G.I. Joe? No. Now you work on Play-Doh. You work on Transformers? No. Uh, now you do Marvel. Uh, it was so it was the time of the great shift, and what are we doing? Thrilling thirty? What? I'm not thirty. No, I I don't care. I don't I don't, I don't want that. I don't care. That's that's what happened with that. It was an unorganized plan with little follow through, and when you try to raise something to someone. Well, that really doesn't fit in the plan of what we're doing. We want a cohesive brand. I'm looking around and I see what there's a masterpiece figure. There's there's a, a deluxe figure. There there's a, a movie figure. What none of this none of this makes sense. Why are they? None of this makes sense. No, no, we're not doing this. So that's that's what happened with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. Good luck with your checklist. Pro worked against itself. 
that, that was pretty all over the place. I mean, you, you had Cybertron Starscream, you had the, what was it, the, the Year of the Horse or Snake? Uh, Wasn't the, the Predaking reissue part of it too? Predaking, yeah. I, I think it was. Uh, Windblade. And I think they even skipped a few numbers. Did they? <laughs> yeah. But I know people have tried to deduce it. It was like SECC Metroplex, I think was one of them. Yeah, that was one of them. I, I think, I think both of the Metroplexes were, like the regular is one, one Metroplex was one, and I think the SCCC the was one. Oh, because yeah, Zaldron... they have two. You gotta have two. Zaldron well, asks, uh, weren't, there... weren't there like three number 15s? And I would say probably. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds right. right. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That sounds right. Yeah. So, did we want to get into some specifics? Like, I know Jim went through some earlier for him, like, just kind of Yeah, some Jim, specific I don't know things. if you had any other ones that you uh, wanted to highlight. Uh, I was just about done. Um, I, I, I mentioned, did, did I did I mention Slam Dance? He was the last one you held up. Okay, Slam Dance, I, just, I, I had after the house fire, but he didn't survive just my general childhood, you know, playing rough <laughs> and all that, losing parts. Um, and then one I didn't figure I would own again. Uh, I actually pieced together. I, I started piecing this together one year ago tonight. Was G1 Megatron? Nice, oh, nice. Combined from uh, two uh, two parts spots, two bodies, and then various accessories. It's funny. That ended for you today, and I was like, that's where my collecting began, was that reissue. <laughs> All right, yeah, no, you know? the, the that's funny. Yep. Um, you know, the, the older I get, the more expensive Transformers become. And, you know, I've got these old war stories, and I'm sure Headmaster Don has them too. I spent 100 bucks for a great shot. Oh, I only paid 200 for my Metro Titan. Um... But those days have, have come and gone. So well, as I get older, I, I realize, you know, it's it's natural that there are certain Transformers I don't have that have gone up drastically in price. And you say, well, I'll probably never get that one. Um, I, have, I have one very good example that I never thought I would get because I thought, well, when am I ever going to drop the cash on something that big? Guard City. Oh, nice. Guard City. So Guard City was the, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, at the tail end of Transformers, uh, Takara put out Battle Gaia and Guard City. Battle Gaia was a redeco of G1 Bruticus. Guard City is a redeco of G1 Defensor. And uh, here it is. And I never thought I would I would get it. Um, but I entered a raffle, one of, one of those, uh, raffles you see on Facebook where it's like, Hey, 10 bucks a spot winner gets their pick of three gifts or whatever. Um, I entered a spot. I think it was 25 bucks for the spot. And I got battle Gaia. Just for people that think, Oh my goodness. Like. Remember, the numbers aren't in your favor here. No. You play enough of them, you will get lucky. But I'm sure Rick has spent a lot of money throughout the years. You could think of it, he put a payment plan 
through RNG, you know, random number generators that got him this eventually, <laughs> you know? So uh, I, I've won. I've been one of the lucky guys. I've won a bunch of auctions. I've oh, wow. lost more auctions than I've won, though. Yeah. This was one of the auctions where I came up big. See, what Rick doesn't realize is those are actually the Big Lots knockoffs in there. Yeah. Just in, in, in the vintage package. That's <laughs> this this actually looks like it was inkjet. Yeah. There's a lot of tape on this. I don't know if that's original or not. But it's it's it looks like scotch tape. Oh, it's double taped. Oh man. Yeah, it's holding the whole thing together. Better ask for your twenty five bucks back. Transformers is written in marker too, so <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure it's legit. Yeah. Battle Gaia and Guard City are both on ones that I think they're on my never going to get list. Like, if I wanted to, I could. I could, you know, not buy other things, and I could save up, and I could I could make my way towards them. But, you know, even back when I first kind of was getting that deep into my collecting, when I got a lot of my other Japanese stuff, I was like, man, I remember this was then. I was like, oh, that's like 1100 bucks for a Guard City. I'm like, I'm not going to spend that for a hot spot. You know, a defense or repaint. I was like, I'm just not going to, especially not that one. It's like, I'm not going to do it. And now it's a lot more than that, <laughs> you know? So it's like, it's even less likely these days. Yeah. So now, you know, you're, yeah. But that's where I feel like it's like, never say never that you just somehow happen upon, you know, like a Facebook listing or, you know, back when they actually had conventions that, <laughs> you know, they, you know, someone at their booth or whatever would have something that you're like, Oh, I never thought I would get this. Oh, they have it. It's right there in front of me. All, all yeah. I have to do is put down a mortgage payment on it. And it's, <laughs> and, it's and it's, and it's good to go. You are right. You never say never, but the odds are pretty low. You know, people that go to you know conventions, like they know what they have, you know, and everybody and their mother knows you go search on eBay and you figure out what, some sort of value is, you know, or, you know, you ask around, they know who to ask. And so it's really hard to get something to fall through the cracks, but you know, never say never. At some point, somebody like, I'm tired of, I've carried this to five conventions. <laughs> you know, I'm going to put the, and I didn't pay, maybe they got it at a decent price, you know, and they'll finally mark it down enough to, to get somebody to buy it. But kind well, of... that, that was the thing for me. Um, you know, when I went out to the, uh, um, TFCon in LA, that, uh, you know, I got a few pieces and I know that I showed off to you guys, like this orange devastator was one of the pieces that, that I got. And it was really, um, you know, a guy in the community that, um, like was getting out of his G2 collection. And so he got a booth and was just selling a, a bunch of the stuff like at reasonable prices. So I was like, all right, like if I buy a bunch of stuff, like how much of a discount can you give me? And so like, this is one of the guys that I always would like, you know, go to, to there. And like, I don't like Brett would always have one. And I'd be like, Oh, well, how much? And he's, it'd always be too much. Like I didn't want to spend what he was offering it for, but uh, I was able to make a deal, uh, a package deal for like the orange devastator. And then I also got his little, um, these little uh the spark fire cons spark bonds uh, yeah 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 from uh like these fire were cons. from the same same deal and like these are the european ones as well so mm -hmm. it's like the funky colors and and all that and again it's like one of those things where it's like i never thought i was going to own it because i didn't think that i was going to be able to get the right price like it's not like 
it's not hard to get these, but it's hard to get them at you know, like I'm sure Rick at your interest level. Thousand stories, exactly, exactly at the at the price that I want to pay. Yeah, like I don't know if you, you remember the episode of Simpsons with the clown college, and when Homer first sees the clown college billboard or whatever, he's like, "That's stupid. Why would anybody go to clown college? I'm not going to clown college." That's how I felt the very first time, and I've shown this on the show. Um, the very first time I saw Grandis, <laughs> I was like, "That's stupid! What idiot would ever buy Grandis?" And then I bought Grandis. You know, <laughs> it's one that I never thought I would own just because, you know, he, he's expensive. He's not cheap. He's he's always been expensive, and he only gets more expensive. Like mine was, you know, very white, complete in the box and foam and everything. It really, you know, pristine condition, and one sold on eBay that had no parts and was a little yellowed like a, a month ago for what I paid for that, <laughs> you know, and I only bought that. What was that? TFCon 2016. Something no, like that. It was later than that. It was, it, was, was it 18? Like 20, I think it was 18. Okay. I think it was 18. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's just stuff keeps going up, but you know, Matt at transformer land, he hadn't even opened his booth yet. And I was like, hey, do you have a Grandis? I'm just curious. I've been right. saving up my pennies. It's the, it had gotten down to where, like, the only other stuff I don't have in G1 are repaints. That was the last, like, unique mold from G1 that I did not have anything of. So, like, I haven't picked up a Guard City or a Battle Guy. I'm unlikely to. I don't have Great Shot, but I might get him at some point. You know, as far as expensive G1 goes, he's not as high up as other things. You know, so he's he's in the realm of maybe one day, maybe a Ranger just because he's pretty different colors. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> he was he was my clown college. Dental plan. Dental plan. Um, another kind of one of those is very early BotCon. Like, I think it was my first BotCon, um, 2006. Um, somebody had this in the room, and it, this is another one. I, I think everything here I've talked about before at some point on the show. Um, somebody had this sealed... And uh, in the box, the uh, one of the gun robos here. And I was edit box, and they wanted a hundred bucks for it. And it was in a room to room. I think it was Brett, to be honest. I think it was in his room. And I just, at that time in my life, like I just I couldn't spend a hundred dollars. I was like, oh man, I was like, I really want that. That looks so cool. And he sold it in like ten minutes for a hundred bucks. You know, I had the chance to buy it, but I missed it. And I was just. And since then, you know, every time I've looked for it, it was just cost more and more and more. And uh, it was one of those I did not think I was ever going to be able to get that figure again. And finally, I did on eBay. You know, it took a you talked about having safe searches. I had safe searches for the few different other gun robots that are out there. Um, and finally, I was able to grab one. It just it, it took a while. Um, but, you know, I thought I'd missed my chance, you know, to get it kind of, as we said, like at a price I wanted to pay for it. You know, because there's always that G1, or not G1, but there's always somebody on eBay that has some vintage something that's in box for like, you know, literally three, four times what people actually sell it for. You know, so those auctions aside. It's nice to get it. And and that's the thing is, is I I do feel like the vintage stuff is really, there's a lot more of a thrill of the chase kind of thing going on with that versus like the new figures like because the new figures like masterpiece or whatever it's really just uh 
Like we all get it at the same time, and it's like get oh, your hey, pre-order we, in. We, yeah, exactly. We all we all have our you know whatever whatever figure it may be the, like the new figure of the month, and so some of the stuff is fun because it's like oh my Walmart restocked before your Walmart, and so I just happen to get you know whatever figure first, but like a lot of that vintage stuff. I mean, I, I always feel like that there's a story to tell with like all of it of like how how you tracked it down as like this year that I had that and I've been looking for it for for this long and again like Rick I'm sure you have a thousand of those stories. Yeah. Yeah, would you hear one? The the sure. truth is a lot of that is boring. Eh, eventually it showed up on eBay and I bought it. <laughs> but there are a lot of with the just flat out hard to find like Japanese stuff. Um, and even some of the like European exclusive stuff, I actually still remember where I got a lot of that. Like a lot of stuff I don't, I have no idea when I got it, I either got it on eBay or I got it at a show, you know, and I just, I just, it was there and I bought it and I had it in my budget, you but, know. But I feel like even some of that stuff and Rob, I don't know, you might be a little bit different. Like I know definitely me different. where a lot of times it's like you find a figure and then you're like, ah, should I get this? Is this a good price? And then you're like, you know, messaging some other people and you're like, what do you guys think? Like, you're like, oh, this prototype came out. Like, what do you think the value is? Like, you know, just different things like that where I, I don't know. Like, I feel like, you know, and I've been on the other side as a seller as well, where I've had a figure, I'm kind of done with it. And, but it's, it's rare at this point. Cause like I bought it five years ago and it like was plentiful then, but now it's, it's hard to find. And so sometimes you can make someone's day because, you know, or their week or whatever, because, Oh, Hey, I've got this figure and I'll, you know, sell it to them for a, a reasonable price. Yeah. I mean, even grand is there. Peter was with me when Matt dug it out and Peter like looks at me, he's like, do this make this happen. And he told me after the fact, he's like, if you didn't buy it, I was going to buy it. He's like, you know, not kidding. No joke. He's like, it had a buyer at that point. <laughs> you know, I didn't know that, but he's like, you need to do this, do it. And I, part of it, I think he wanted me to buy it so that he wouldn't spend it on it. Cause he was going to buy it. <laughs> you know? So I did have somebody to say like, you know, you, this is a price that you should buy this at. The, the secret for any of that stuff is if you want someone to help push you over the edge on buying something, is to talk to Peter, you know, or talk Nick. to Destro. Well, maybe or, not. Nick is mad sometimes and says no. It's but, crap, but don't talk buy to Peter it, because Peter will always say yes, buy it. <laughs> he doesn't even know what it is. He didn't even have to know. You just say toy question mark, and he says yes, buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Rick, what what is your story that that you have that? Oh man, I just lost it. Here, I'll, I'll tell another one while you think on that. Give me a moment. Well, we're a podcast. I'm not going to sit here with dead air. You can collect yourself. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Tell it. I, I need a moment. Yeah, this is one that I didn't think they would ever make. So this kind of goes in that. Like, this isn't hard to find. This isn't expensive. It's not pricey. But the fact that they made a dedicated Straxus figure in generations, like that, still to this day, kind of blows my mind. That. Um, these days, I don't think it would be as impressive. I think it would still be impressive. Like, you know, when they gave us, um, honestly, the, the Super Megatron they gave us recently. Like, the fact that they, you know, Takara made the effort to try to make that 
that remold heavy enough to make it like like that's one I could put on here. And this is one, yeah, Super Megatron there. This is kind of in that line, like it's a deep cut that fans know that no one seeing this on the shelf would know. You know, Generation Selects is direct to you know, pretty much direct to consumer, direct to the collectors. This was on a Walmart shelf. You know, so the fact that they made a dedicated Straxis figure just kind of still blows my mind. Um, you know, Hasbro has done deep cuts for us throughout the years. These days, I think it's more of a given because they've realized where their market is, I guess. But um, I don't know. It's just so cool that we got a Straxis figure. It's old. It's easy. It's cheap. But, you know, it's awesome. All right. So I got a million and one stories. Uh, I've told I've told this story before. The the story uh, you guys tell me if you want to hear it again. The story of how I got my Trailbreaker Power Cycle. Oh sure, it's it's been a while. Sure. Okay, so I go out to this auction in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, and they have this guy selling his entire collection because he's uh, getting married. He tells me at the at the auction, yeah. Uh, found out my fiance cheated on me, so um, I'm I'm selling it now because I'm contractually obligated to. Sucks, sucks. So uh, the Trailbreaker Power Cycle goes up for auction. I'm in the front row. 50, 100, 200, 300, 400. At around 700 bucks, I lean over to see who's bidding against me. And there's a guy leaning over in the front row looking at me. And I'm looking at him. He's like, you Rick Alvarez? Yeah. Your books are the reason I collect Transformers. 800. <laughs> so, so See what you've started. turned me into, you monster. <laughs> so we, I, where, where do we end up at? We get to the, uh, we get to the, I think it's 1100. I don't even remember now. It's been, it's been so long. I, th- I think we get to like the eleven hundred dollar mark, or eleven fifty, or twelve hundred, and I'm like, I lean, o- I lean over again, and he's leaning over, looking at me, and he says, "I already have one. I just want this for the sticker sheets." So he takes it home with him. I do the Rick thing, and I recognize game. I should be friends with this guy because he he's going to come across stuff and. This is a nice guy. Name's Andy. Super, super awesome guy. Seven years go by. I've never been able to find another Trailbreaker power cycle. Guy sends me a message out of the blue. It's been years since I talked to him. Rick, I'm getting out of the game. I'm going to sell you my Trailbreaker power cycle for what I paid for it. Cool. I was in a bad spot when that happened because I had just purchased something else. I forget what it was. Some, something big, stupid, like a house or something. I don't know. So, <laughs> I scrounge up the money. I drive out to the middle of nowhere. He drives out. He lives in Pennsylvania. I'm in Massachusetts. We, we drive out. We, we meet at midnight in a supermarket parking lot. He's like, here it is. Boom. I get the very same Trailbreaker power cycle that I missed out on seven years before the very same one for the very same price that the guy paid for it. And then years later, who do I meet? I meet the guy who was the kid pictured on the trailbreaker power cycle. 
Oh, he wow. comes over to my house. His, his wife's looking for a box for him. I message her. I'm like, hey, good luck. <laughs> You're SOL. But maybe I can do something. <laughs> my friend Dave hooks me up. He's like, you know what? I've got two boxes. I'm going to keep the Canadian box because you don't have it. And I want something you don't have. I'm going to send you my extra American box. Cool. I invite the guy over, and uh, if you're interested, it's it's a really cool interview I do with him. It's like an hour long, uh, where we sit down, we talk about the whole process. He gave me his receipt of payment, his original receipt of payment of that day as a gift, and then he signed my box for me. So really, really cool guy. Um, Trailbreaker Power Cycle. Never thought I'd get one. I got the very same one that I lost out on. You know, what's funny is it was only the two of you driving up the price against each other. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's one of those, like, if either of y'all had chickened out earlier, like, it's market value gets really weird and stuff like that. Like, if you put that on eBay, would it just go for, like, 300 bucks? No. It, no, it would go for more now. Okay. Yeah. Plus, I took the uh, instructions and the unused card, the unused uh, sticker sheet. I've never seen a set with the instructions or the unused sticker sheet. And I had them professionally framed and that was like a $450 job to have them framed. So plus you know, mine's my, now. yours, what now mine's autographed. Oh yeah. And, and mine's the only one that's never been assembled that, that we know of. You know, what's funny with stuff like that, like especially like framing the instructions, like that was just somebody's day job. You said, yeah, I got to make another dumb toy, and they write right. that up. And if you told them, you know what, in like 40 <laughs> years, some old dude is going to pay over $1,000 for this, and then going to pay $500 to frame this. And he's going to be like, dude, I don't make $500 in a month. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I, I was thinking the exact same us? thing. Because, you know, I know that uh, Rick, uh, like – you have those McDonald's cool. uh, Transformers too, the ones from St. Louis. Like, didn't didn't you have the? You showed that off on on one the of the oofs? store display. Yeah, yeah, the the store display for that. But then, like, just those figures in general, right? Like, if you showed those to someone, like, you'd be like, oh, like those are crappy little McDonald's toys from the eighties. Like, what are those worth? Like, two bucks a piece or whatever, you know? Like. And I, I don't know. It's just it's just totally different because you know not knowing the history on some of that stuff. Uh, me and Peter were talking about some toys over the weekend. I I did another clean out of a few things, and I found like some. They're not expensive, but they're rare. Like Rick, do you know what the real figure subline is? The real figure. That's the name of the subline. Real figure. I'll give you, it's from Dakara. Yeah. There are four releases in it. Do you want me to give you an era? Yeah. Uh, Beast. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> like, it's I sent it to. It's Beast uh, War related, obviously, right? Yes. Yes. Um, These aren't the, uh, the minions of Unicron, are they? The... No. Fusors? No. Like, I sent the picture to... I had some Kabaya toys as well that were in this. Some Beast Wars Kabaya stuff. And, like, 
Peter didn't know what that was. Like, we were pretty sure it was Kabaya. Like, you can just kind of tell, right? But we're like, what is this, though? What's it from? And we finally found it. Uh, this one took a little longer, but we did find it, and it was a real figure. Real figure. Like, they're trying to convince you. Like, authentics. <laughs> you know? It's like, we promise it's not a knockoff. We're going to put it in the name, because <laughs> it's so bad. Mm. So what was it? It's real figure. The first wave is two figures. It's a small Optimus Primal. Uh, Transmetal Optimus Primal, and it technically transforms. It's just on a card with a blister. Is all it was on. Yep. Um, I said yep. you probably have it. Like they weren't yep. hard to get at the time. I got them. That's yeah, the only one that I know exists. Is the Optimus Primal? There's a normal one, which is what I had, and I actually sold it to our buddy Joe. Um, and then there's another one that's clear. And then there's, uh, according to Schmacks, that's the only place we can find this documented that it exists was Schmacks. Um, and then there was a second wave later that had a, I can't remember what it was. It was like, I can't remember. It was somebody from Beast Wars Neo or Beast Wars Second or one from each. There's two more, but they were different molds. No, two different molds. Um, I can't remember, but yeah, you know, just, just weird stuff like that, that people don't even know exists or have and forget that you had it. And it's yeah. just, it's not even rare. It's just super duper obscure and hard to find. Um, I, I know exactly what you're talking about now because I have one carded and I got a second one because I really, really wanted to open it. Yeah. But I, I haven't unpacked that part yet. Yeah. Um, but just, but now those aren't really worth a lot. Like you can still get one on Mandrake, you know, and then they're not that expensive, you know, all said and done or whatever. Right. But like talking about the McDonald's, McDonald's toys being expensive. How much does the rallies checkers, rhinox go for i would have no idea it is the it's it may be worse than bullet bike okay it's probably not worse than bullet bike you know he's, he's going to continue to be my the toy i kick um but that thing is worth a lot of money and it's it's just some late era one-off toy that was only sold at a few regional fast foods and it's terrible it's it's worse than your typical mcdonald's figure um but it is super duper rare. That, yeah, that that's one. the real figure. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I just looked it up on Schmacks. It's uh, the, yeah. They just call them Convoy and then the Convoy Clear version. And then there's Big Convoy and Magmatron. Ooh. Yeah, that's the other two. Which I, I haven't seen if pictures of. Schmacks doesn't have pictures yeah, of them. Yeah, there's no pictures except for the one. You never yes. know. I might own them, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at this book, this Beast Wars book by this uh, J. Alvarez guy. <laughs> Do you have the Riley's Checkers Rhinox? Yes. Somewhere? Yes, I have it. it, it it's in a tub in the garage. I haven't gotten my Beast Wars stuff yet because I, I need to find the perfect case. for Because I have like every single Beast Wars Kabaya kid. I have all oh, like the the Japanese yo-yos and and the frisbees and all that crap. It's all in this book. <laughs> Buy it now at Amazon. Buy my that, book. I was gonna say, is that book rare now, Rick? Since I'm assuming that's out of print. Yeah, there's not there's not a factory somewhere pumping these out from 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly enough. You know. Uh, I mean, there's a ton of stuff in here that I'm looking at 
that I forgot I had. Like, it's funny you can just look at a book and be like, "Oh, this is my collection." In this uh, yeah, book. Yeah. <laughs> I I've never seen that before, yet I own it. And you took that picture. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, kind of a. You know, again, on the topic of stuff like, I'm just happy they made it because I didn't think we'd ever see something like this, and they're so cool. And these are new. Um, a couple of TFCon exclusives that they just really make me smile. That's Watermelon Mirage and Prototype Colors RC. You know, these are just... The funny thing is, like, I think if either of these figures had been made back in the day, I wouldn't care. I'd have the original versions, and I'd be bored of them. Right, but because they weren't made, and we didn't get to have them, then you do something like this, and I think it's the best thing ever. It's awesome. Super awesome. Well, it's kind of like that Sandstorm that that Hasbro released recently, too. Exactly. That's a hundred percent the same. Like that's the only reason I bought it is because it was never made. So they've made it. So I bought it. Otherwise I wouldn't have bought it. That's the only version of that mold I even have. And that's the only reason I have it. It's because you told me I couldn't have it. So then you made it and I could have it. So now I have it. <laughs> well, what about like red wing? Do you have another red wing in your collection, Rob? Shut up. Hell no. <laughs> I hate red wings existence. In any degree, I have no Red Wing. I do not want Red Wing. And it's, <laughs> I was sick to death of the classic Seeker mold when it came out to the point like I don't even have Nacelle. And Nacelle was kind of a cluster of uh, quality control issues at that point because I think Rick said beforehand that's like that's not the first version of the Seeker's mold, even like they had already remade it a few times because it kept burning out. And by the time Nacelle rolled around, it, it's all like that thing was falling apart and misassembled. I mean, I sold mine, but I was so sick to death of Seekers that, like, hearing rumors that Red Wing was a thing Pete wanted to do made me hate it. Because, like, that's a really dumb reason for a sports team to do a, do a toy. And so later on, when Red Wing did get made, I just thought it was even dumber. And I was very happy to not buy it. There's a Taco Tank bathtub toy. <laughs> is it a toy or is that like a bath salt? Like so, you put it in it fizz no, bombs. It's a bath toy and then you it you put the the soap thing in it from up here. So you put you put the little cartridge in it and then you it you put it in the bathtub and it, it makes bubbles. So so it helps you to take a bath. And then here's the here's the kit and he's all excited that he's that he's being pictured naked with this take tank thing. <laughs> it's a different culture, man. Different culture. Understatement. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it for me. That's all I had kind of some examples I had grabbed, you know, just stuff I didn't think I'd ever buy, stuff I didn't think would ever get made. You know, and it's and then of course, you know, like a lot of us are experiencing right now, and as well we kind of kicked off the show with the obvious elephant in the room, the huge ass Unicron. Um I mean to be honest, even when Armada Unicron was made. And uh, Cybertron Primus. Like, both of those were huge to me at the time. Um, you know, it's still the only Primus we have, and I still have it because of that. Um, and I still have Armada Unicron, although it's the the Amazon repaint that was a little more cartoon accurate. Um, the I still think the 2010, or, well, I think it was 2010, the one from Takara, I think still had the best colors of that mold, but uh, the Amazon one was way cheaper, and that's the one I went with. Um, I mean... We live in a world where, within a two-year period, we've got how many repugnances? Repugnances? <laughs> There's like a whole pack. That what was it? The 
Cyber versus Pat Because we got yeah. first, we got the little headmaster dude right. or Titan Master, yeah. you yeah. know, in his little shell thingy. Then we got an actual figure, and then he came out in Cyberverse, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then there but was like with a little, little bunch uh, of little dudes, like in a whole pack. But like there, there was a little version of Repugnance that came like this with the with the little I forget what these are called. That's why I write it down. It, you know, it just I assume the people that work there have some nostalgia, or they're just good at TF Wiki, you know, and they just pick some one or, obscure thing and then they make a bunch of it. You know, it's like what obscure thing's going to win the? We'll make a new it, version of you lottery next. You actually know what happens is, hey, we spent money to register this name. We need to mm. get our money out of it. So I don't care how many repugnants you need to make. You make them. And you got to keep the name. That's how you keep the name. That's how you make the name worth it. That's why there were so many like altered names back during like the, the uh, tail end of Armada and the movie. I mean, time. even Beast Wars did that. Yeah, because... The budget was so small, we weren't allowed to look for names. We just had to use the names that we had. You know, that's and th- and there were some there were some marketers who said, "Dead end. We're never going to call a transformer dead end breakdown. We're never going to call a trans- our toys don't break down." <laughs> Welcome to Breakneck, folks, <laughs> for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, uh, that's funny because, like, Motor back in the base, you mean trail cutter, motor breath, silver streak, <laughs> blue streak, silver streak, blue streak, and I like Octone. the fact that IW made him two different guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's when you look back at the beast stuff when they reuse names, like we didn't care, and like when Unicron trilogy stuff happened, like we didn't care. You know, there's an Ironhide and a Prowl and whatever in Beast Wars that are have nothing to do with anything, and there's an Ironhide and Prowl throughout Unicron Trilogy that have nothing to do with anybody. I feel like now you use names, though, they have to be those people now. Although Animated got away with doing a completely different Prowl, um, which was nice. Um, at least, in my opinion, it's completely different. I mean, I know I guess he's... Yeah. You know, I, they, I don't see any took, similarity. They definitely took liberties with it, but it was it was still a by-the-book cop. Type. Yeah. Samurai cop. Let's see, I, I don't <laughs> like, know. Somehow... Like I said, they took liberties. Yeah. Somehow that doesn't bother me, but like Michael Bay doing throwing random names at those Transformers bothers me. Skids. Mudflap. Yes. What bothered me more was when Michael Bay <laughs> were supposed to be the same character and I felt they performed character assassination instead. But, you know, that's a topic for another day. What bothers me is that every Transformers movie negates the Transformers movie that comes before it. I mean, Walk look it. at six movies. Each Walk- movie makes a film before it. Walkie has a good comic about that, where I think it was after the third movie came out, and somebody's like, wait, so when you did this, you do this, and Megatron's just like, I have a lot of backup plans. <laughs> you know, because like all these plots are supposed to be going on at the same time. You know, he's frozen in ice, but he's also planted all the stuff to bring Cybertron in, you know, but, you know, he's also looking for the Matrix the whole time. You know, it's just, they all stomp on each other. If you just squint, they all sure they all happened to, together, but it's uh, it's very complex. It's really, really hard. Yeah. Right. And then of course you know later on it's like oh by the way, Dinobots have been here forever and stuff for some reason. 
Oh, cats are mad. I, oh, I, I love that when someone with like the Bubble Me movie was like upset that the continuity wasn't exact, and I was like, "Have you, have you been here? Like, <laughs> welcome to the show." It'll be interesting to see what uh, the next movie in the Bumblebee does as far as continuity. You know, because there, there's been a lot of debate on that movie. You know, is it in Bayverse or not? And I think the obvious answer is it was intended to be able to be taken either way. I think they want. Right. I think halfway through writing it, they were like, "Oh, well, you know what? We should reboot it." And they're like, "No, no, no, it needs to fit in." And they're like, "Well, you know what? We should reboot it." And then, "No, oh, it needs to fit in." And so they just kind of picked a little of both. <laughs> I, mean, that's I think it was probably like the Thrilling Thirty line that we talked about before, where, <laughs> where they switched people like in the middle of it, and we're like, "Ah, yeah. just go with it." Yeah. So what happens in Bumblebee 2 now? He's the Camaro, right? Or Bumblebee 2 is a prequel how Bumblebee came to Earth in the 1970s and then left and then came back in the 1980s. Right? (laughs) Right. I I think the key is is what type of cross-marketing that they can get with the automotive companies. Um, And that really is probably determining, like, who's what (laughs) character, right? <coughs> well, they didn't have that in Bumblebee. No, they they didn't. Right, but all the other ones they did. But what if GM comes up and says, "You know what? We want to do another partnership." Right. <laughs> Get to it. So you know that's one thing that cars companies don't do. They don't reissue cars. Like, hey, we're going to reissue the 1967 uh, Mustang. They kind of do it a little bit. I mean... I, right. I feel like the thing is you wouldn't... I mean, I guess somebody out there would or whatever, but there's so many modern advances, and there's safety advances. You can't right. do a car exactly as it used to exist. And for a lot of good reasons. Just release yeah. it in neon orange and blue. It saved you, Mustang. You know, like... <laughs> Bring back the Dodge Neon. <laughs> you know? I think so. I, I think we've uh, made a good run at, at this topic. So I do want to mention Book Club this week is going to be More Than Meets the Eye 31 through 33. So they are plowing through uh, Season 2 now. So uh, So check that out. That's Sunday night's at 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central on the Discord. Um, so that's on the TF Talk Discord. Um, and then Thursday nights, we have uh, microcasters. So we're going to... Anna should be on the show this week. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and do the uh, the figure that we were going to do last week, which was the... Um, now I forgot what it was. The MicroMaster set. Gosh. The Space the set? Master yes. Set. This guy. Yes. Yes, that guy right there. So, so yeah, so Zaldron, I apologize for not, uh, for us not doing that last week. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do it this week here. So, cut the tape should be up Friday with Unicron. See you Saturday, folks. Wait, right. I was going to say, so are, are you filming it on Friday? Uh, on Friday? Or... No, no, I'm filming it on Wednesday, the day that thing gets here. All right. Okay. Does anybody ever get their FedEx stuff when it says it will be? It is almost always a day or two later. Valid point. It's, it still says my Unicron's in Illinois. Yeah, I mean, it told me that my 
Unicron was coming last Friday until 10 p.m. when it finally switched over to pending. And then it set pending until Sunday when they're like, oh, it's on the truck for delivery. So mine was actually opposite. Like mine said it was going to be here Monday and I got it on Sunday. So like now this never happens to me. This is the one, the one example of that happening. (laughs) Mine's just a weird, a weird uh, trip around the country. It went to California, then it went to Texas, then it went to Illinois and then it went to Texas. So I, I, I don't know. I, Maybe it feels it like for- they meant to offload it and forgot. Uh, but um, it'll get here when it gets here. Yeah. Well, you, you could always just anticipate it possibly being late. So you could just take it and spread it out, kind of like Marvel did with WandaVision, into like nine parts. And the first part would just be you preparing to receive the package. <laughs> get, get, your, get your box cutter ready. On the of my house. Right, you know, clear some space. And, right, you, you know. hear a car. <laughs> nope, not, still not them. Oh, there's another. Oh, wait, no. Oh, there's a FedEx. Oh, nope, they, they kept going. No. Then, then an after credit scene, you standing by the mailbox, you know. <laughs> no, it, it'd be great if you see the FedEx truck come up and it's actually something for your wife. Right. <laughs> not no, not Unicron. It's the one time I leave the house. And the guy's there, and he's like... They did not ask for a signature. Like, it even said on the FedEx tracking, signature required, and the dude just left it and walked off. Like, he rang the doorbell, but it already... Like, he just immediately walked off. And then he ran away. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) fuck this thing. I ain't carrying it back to the truck. (laughs) It's yours now. I feel like it's the one time that they actually, like, will drop it off because it's a two-foot-by-two-foot-by-two-foot box. They want to get that the heck out of their truck. Yeah. Like, I was surprised. Like, I'm glad we were home for the delivery. I mean, I work from home. I'm always home. But I was as expensive as that thing is. I really wanted to sign for it. You know, like I would. So it's kind of annoying that they didn't actually sign it. I I don't know what their protocols are on that, but I know I'm not the only one. I've heard other people say, yeah, they didn't ask me to sign anything. They just dropped it and left. Alas, maybe if it's a residential, they don't feel they need to. I don't know. You know, versus like an you know an apartment complex, which is you know, it's a lot easier to steal from an apartment complex or you know a business place where you make sure you left it with somebody at the front desk. I don't know. I'm guessing Can you here. Imagine the video. You know, people do those videos of someone tries to steal the Amazon package off their doorstep. Yes. Can you imagine the video of someone tries to steal a Unicron from someone? Oh man, <laughs> I mean, fandom that would, would hunt them down. Yeah, in the in the case of. Uh, in this murder case, uh, we have this ring doorbell <laughs> of uh, this man named Robert running out with just a T-shirt, nothing else. Y'all, he's know, got y'all know what's down here. The T-shirt, and he's just chasing the FedEx guy. And but your jur- jury and your honor tried to steal my Unicron. <laughs> they're not. They're not going to convict. I'm good. <laughs> Yep, definitely. So, well, thank you guys for joining me tonight. Uh, thank you to everyone in the chat. Uh, Catherine, uh, Phil, Zaldron. Um, Who's Peacemo? Is that Phil? That's Phil, yeah. Is that our Phil or is that a different Phil? Yeah, that's our Phil. Okay. Yep. So, but yeah, thank, thank you guys. And uh, thank you for joining tonight. And we will see you next week.
This has been Transformers for your listening pleasure, a presentation of TFTalk.net. We'd like to thank you for listening and ask that you please rate us on your favorite podcast outlet and share us with your friends. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TFYLP. Email us at podcast at TFYLP.com. This is Paul Lighting, and on behalf of TFYLP, we'd like to thank you again for listening. And we hope you'll join us next time for another TFYLP. Ha, <laughs> ha,